All right, day 216, coffee with Kenny on the Pacific Ocean. Absolutely love it. I'm Kenny Keller, creator of Helicopter Online Ground School. And I have a question today from Van, who we just did a question for him a couple days ago, and he was asking about how to stay current. And I told him about the FAA webinars, and he said, thanks for a great video. I'll check that out and get on the FAA webinar list. And he's got another question. And this is a good question. I like this question. Never really covered this one in this specific form. Van says, when planning cross-country or other long flights, what's the most recommended time to fly in the helicopter in one stretch? Okay, I'm going to give you what I do. I don't think there's really a recommended because there's so many variables here. Uh, and I'm going to continue on with the rest of this question. But I'm going to give you what I do may not be what works best for you. This, this is really gonna depend. Aircraft, temperature, terrain, oh my God, so many things. So anyway, when, plan cro when planning cross-country flights or long flights, what's the most recommended time to fly in the helicopter in one stretch? What I do, I like to fly about an hour and a half. That's me personally, about an hour and a half, I'm really getting antsy and I wanna stop and I wanna take a break and I wanna get out. I know people that do two or three hours on a leg in a, on a cross-country trip. If you got the fuel for it and you can handle it, that's great. What works for me is about an hour and a half. I just, uh, that's about all the longer I can stand being in the helicopter before I need a break. And for me, it's a good place to stop, take a break, you know, get some fuel, hit the bathroom, get a drink, take a little break, continue on. How many legs would I do in a day? That's going to depend again on too, on weather, how tired am I, how much rest did I get, you know, how, how stressful is the flight, because it might be a pretty low stress flight, it might be a high stress flight, it all depends. Do you, do you do a couple of legs each day? Sure, when I'm doing an hour and a half legs, I might do five to six hours of flying. And I know there's guys that can jump in and fly 10 hours in a day. That's great. I can't do that. Five to six hours in a helicopter for me, when you put the brakes in between, that five to six hours of flight time, that's turning into a, you know, eight or nine hour day for me. And with, you know, parking for the night and finding a place to stay and trying to go get supper and refresh, whatever you're doing, for me, that works out pretty good. About five to six hours of actual flight time. So... Maybe three legs at about an hour and a half a piece. Maybe more, but that's, I love number three, right? So number three would probably work pretty good. And again, this is for me. Love to hear down below what works for you. Does the time in the air make a difference if there's someone with you or if it is day or night? Yes and yes, if that's answering correctly. Is it different? Yes. When you have somebody with you to help with charts, changing frequencies, that is a huge help and it's less stress. When you're going cross country by yourself, and I'm not talking about the guy who's been doing it for 30 years, when you're newer to this, cross country can be stressful. And yes, if you're alone, the workload is just so much higher when you're by yourself. So having somebody with you, a huge factor in maybe how far you can go, how tired you're gonna get, because that's gonna help with your stress factor. I love having somebody with me just to help. Even if they're a non-rated pilot, they can help with radios, charts you know navigating help with gps it's so nice to have somebody there with you and then day or night oh yeah 
Of course, day flying in general is more comfortable and easier for most of us because most of us don't fly that much at night. So flying at night is more stressful. You know, it's harder to see. It's more of a strain on your eyes. And I can tell you something I did when I was new. I went across the mountains at night with a little handheld GPS and an old 1970-some instrument. I will never do that again. Guarantee you, I will never, as long as I live, I will never do that again. That was scary. I was young, dumb, hurting for time and hours, hurting for money. I took this, this job moving an instrument south, and the guy was like, can you go? He calls me at like five. Can you go? You're going to leave now. I need you halfway there by, you know, such and such time. Anyway, those days are gone for me. I know everyone has different limits, but was wondering if there are any general guidelines. Take care and have a safe trip home van. It boils down to what's safe. Um, I think the biggest thing, thinking about this question when I read it this morning, right when I first got up, I've been thinking about it, and I think the bottom line is whatever's safe, really. There are so many factors, daytime, nighttime, how much sleep did you get? How are you feeling? How stressed are you? What type of terrain are you flying over? Is it hot? Is it cold? Man, there are so many factors involved. I think whatever works for you that's safe, um, you will get tired. And I, I remember doing a trip one time, uh, taking a helicopter from Indianapolis, or not Indianapolis, Indiana, all the way to the southern tip of Florida. I did it by myself in a 480. Here comes the water. And I remember charging all day and trying to make it in one day. And I can tell you what, in the Georgia, certain areas of Georgia at night, even on a clear night, there, ain't, there isn't much ground lighting out there. And I can remember being tired, flying into the night, going past a little town, and then getting out in an area where there was like maybe a ground reference light, maybe way off of the distance over there, and one way off that way, and that was it. And I was like, I was tired, and I'm like, you know what, turn around, go back to that, little, that last little town, and call it off, stay the night. And I did. Um, and again, that was because I'd been flying all day, doing it all by myself, nobody in the aircraft. And that was pretty stressful. And uh, I can remember getting to that tired point. So when it gets to be nighttime, if you're tired, it's so much harder on the eyes. It's so much harder to make clear decisions. And you just get tired. I mean, traveling cross country can make you very tired. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Day 216, right? That's right. Coffee with Kenny. Beautiful view. Absolutely freaking amazing. Hey, do us a favor and subscribe to the channel. When you subscribe, click that little bell. You'll be notified of the daily video. Leave us some comments down below. I'd love to hear what you do on a cross-country trip. What works for you? What doesn't work? How long do you guys fly or girls? How long are your legs? Any general rules that you follow? One more time, I think it's whatever's safe and whatever works for the individual. It could vary so much. All right, I'm gonna give you a nice little shot here as we sign off. Make sure you subscribe, click the bell, give us a thumbs up, and we'll see you in day 217.